Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is the second episode of Jesus Talk with Jay. <laughs> Y'all, I'm so excited. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you hit the play button. I'm so thankful that you decided to take time out of your busy, busy, busy life to listen to me and my goofy self tell you more about Jesus and his awesomeness. And so if this is your first time listening, um, thank you for joining me. Um, I don't take it lightly that you hit the play button. This is, ah, this is amazing. Um, it's super humbling. It's just, I don't know. I'm just truly grateful. I'm ecstatic. Sometimes I'm even at a loss for words. I'm just grateful. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is, y'all know the rest. Um, yeah, so this episode, we're about to get a little, ah, it's going to be a little rough. Honestly, when I was typing typing it out in my notes, I said, God, I don't, mm, we have to talk about this one. <laughs> no, but he gave me this, this message uh, while I was in the shower, actually, which is, a bit TMI, but I just have to let you know I'm being transparent and truthful, and so that's where a lot of good things come to me, you know. In the shower, you have meetings with yourself and meetings with God, and some of the best ideas come during that time. Um, so yeah, here we are. <laughs> I pray, no, but seriously, I do pray that this message does help you. I hope it helps you. Um, I pray that your hope would be restored in this message. Um, So yeah, the title of this message is, Thank You for Rejecting Me. Thank you for rejecting me. Yes, I know that may sound crazy. Who would thank somebody for rejection? That's just almost unheard of I don't know too many people who would say you know what thank you thank you for that rejection letter thank you for that rejection text thank you for that rejecting backstab I don't it's not a common thing um (laughs) but it is a good thing it is a helpful thing and ultimately it pushes you I guess you could say, and it makes you appreciative of God, because I know a lot of y'all have heard this saying, rejection equals God's protection. I know I've heard it a million and one times, and while that is true, sometimes when you hear that, it's like, I don't want to hear that right now. Uh, Yes, I get it. God is protecting me. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, I don't... But why? Why would he? Ah, it's tough. It's hard, and it sucks, and sometimes it hurts. So, what if the rejection hurts so bad you question if God is really down for you? What if the rejection hurt to the point where it felt like the opposite of protection? It maybe even felt like exposure or embarrassment. What if the rejection makes you feel neglected by God? And what if the rejection just doesn't make? sense well y'all the good news is that the bad news wasn't the last news and no matter how we feel God's truth will always hear me clearly always outweigh our feelings his word in Romans 8 and 31 says what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us What should we say to them turning their backs on us? If God is for us, who can be against us? What should we say to those who left us? If God be for us, who can be against us? What should we say to that company that won't hire us? If God be for us, who can be against us? What should we say to that guy or girl who left? If God be for us, who can be against us? What should we say to this rejection? If God be for us, who can be against 
us. You know, sometimes I think we forget that we serve the living God of the universe who has all power in his hands. Our father is the ruler of all nations. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is El Elyon, the most high God. And I don't know if you're catching what I'm saying right now, but God is all these things and more. So if he is for you, nothing and no one can truly be against you. As a matter of fact, if they are, if they try to be against you, they won't win. It's it's just just about impossible because like I said, well, not like I said, like the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against you? You are a child of the most high God. You are the child of the creator of the universe. You are the child who, uh, you are the child of the ruler of this nation. You are a child of the ruler of the world. You are the child of God, the creator of the universe. That, to me, is mind-blowing in itself. And to know that he would care enough for me, for you, for us, that he would say, you know what? I don't think that's going to work for my child, my daughter, my son. So let me allow the rejection to happen, and I will comfort my child, and I will give them something even better. Because that's how good of a God he is. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, it reads, I alone know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. He alone knows the plans he has for you. He alone, he alone, not him and you, not him and your mom, not him and your dad, not him and your cousin, not him and your best friend, not him and your boyfriend, not him and your girlfriend. He alone. He said, I alone know the plans I have for you. He alone, the creator of this world, the creator of this universe, the creator of the galaxies in the sky, the creator who knows every star by name, the creator who knows every hair, every number of hair there is on your head, the creator of everything. All things good. He knows the plans he has for you. When you think about how big the world is and how little you are. I just, y'all. Mind blowing. It's, it's amazing. When we just humble ourselves and think, wow, I am just a tiny little figure in a huge, 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 humongous story. You know, we were created by God, the same one who created the clouds and the stars in the skies, the moon, the little creatures, creepy crawlers on the ground that we don't really like too much. The one who created the sun, the one who sent his son to die for us, his children. He knows the plans he has for us. And that word know, he's, he knows it and he's sure about it. He's sure about the plans he has for us. He's sure about them. And the Bible says he gives gifts without repentance, meaning he does not change his mind about what he has promised you. He will not change his mind about the plans he has for you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you will do, because you will drop the ball in the future. I will drop the ball in the future. I will drop the ball tomorrow. So (laughs) he has me covered, though. So if all these things are just truth, that we can hold on to. Nothing can be against us. Because he has plans for us. He knows what he's going to do for us. He alone knows. He knows. So we have to trust. That he knows. God is not. He's, he doesn't get confused. He's not a. Oh I don't know. I didn't know they were going to do that. So maybe I have to rewrite this. Let me erase this. I know I said that they were going to be this. But oh, they just messed up right here. So I'm going to have to change my mind about this. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. He knows the plans he has for you. Plans to bring you prosperity. And not disaster. Plans to bring you. A future and hope. 
Yo, that right I could turn the recording off right now. That's it. <laughs> that is it. Rejection is truly God's protection from things or people that could be potentially harmful. This is why it's so important to trust God and not our feelings. Ooh, we don't like that one. I know I don't. <laughs> you know, because sometimes our feelings are so real. And your feelings are valid. Don't get me wrong. Your feelings are valid. The way you feel about a certain situation, you get upset. That's okay. You know, we're human. We have feelings. We have emotions. That is all cool. But the key is to not rely solely so much on your feelings that you forget the truth that God said. You see, God sees the things that we can't see. In Proverbs 3 and 5, it tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. The more we try to figure out the why in rejection that doesn't make sense, the more we are telling God we don't fully trust him. Y'all, when I typed that, I almost threw my laptop. (laughs) Wow. The more we are, I mean... The more we try to figure out the why in rejection that doesn't make sense, the more we are telling God that we don't fully trust him. Ouch, that one hurt. So I'm going to move forward. (laughs) Our own understanding of rejection can make us believe we're not good enough. We're not qualified enough. We don't look good enough. We don't act good enough. We don't sing good enough. We don't tell stories good enough. We don't preach good enough. We don't talk good enough. We don't lead good enough. We don't. Um, we're not good enough. Our own feelings will tell us that we are not good enough. And the enemy would be so satisfied with us thinking these things about ourselves. He'd be satisfied with us trying to figure out why within our own understanding. The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say trust in your own heart because the Bible also says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it i don't know about you but um i would take heed to that that word right there um <laughs> yes the our heart is very deceitful and a lot of people give the advice you know go with your heart trust your heart that is terrible advice and you should never ever 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 in all of eternity trust your heart because It says it here clearly in Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You cannot understand your own heart. Have you ever been just, you know, listening to music and all of a sudden you just get sad? (laughs) And then, you know, you start hearing things like, well, you'll never be in that relationship You'll never get this. This will never work out. And then you just start feeling so bad and down on yourself. And you start to believe those lies that the enemy just whispered really loudly in your ear. And you start saying, well, well, I thought I had a chance. I thought this was going to work out for me. All because you listened to a song that was a a song that made you sad. And now you're trusting your heart. And your heart is telling you, you know what, that's not going to work out. You know what, you shouldn't do this. Or you know what, just, um, you're never going to blah, blah, blah. When the Bible clearly says the heart is deceitful above all things, who can understand it? You can't understand your heart. There will be days and times, like I just said, where you have to put aside those things that your heart is telling you, I guess you could say, you know, like people take you to follow your heart. Your heart may say, my heart may tell me to go do something terrible to somebody. And just because my heart said it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. (laughs) We can't trust our heart. Simple. We can't do it. We can't go with our heart. Like we can't pick our heart, not above God's truth. Because God's truth said, like I said in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I alone know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future you hope for. So we can't trust our heart. We can't trust our own understanding. Because we don't even understand our own understanding. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we just don't get it. It's just, 
we just can't understand it. I. It's just we weren't created to trust only in ourselves. You know what I mean? We have to rely on God more than we think we do. A lot of times we like to walk through life thinking, you know, I got this. I can do this. I don't need help from anyone. It's just me, myself, and I, and I can do it. I got it all under wraps. It's handled. It's cool. I got it. I got my own back. I don't need nobody. Stop lying to yourself. (laughs) We all need help, and we all need help from God. He created us with inadequacies. He created us with incompetencies. He created us with things that will make us needy for him. We need him. We cannot go about life trying to do it by ourselves, thinking we don't need him. All right, let me just pull it back. Let me let me pull it back. Let me just pull it back. Let's just move forward. <laughs> It's a fact that rejection hurts and even seems unfathomable at times. But the truth still remains. God will never leave nor forsake us. We can um, read that in Hebrews 13 and 5. Verse 6 says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? (laughs) That's so much boldness to walk in. And confidence, just like the verse says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. There's no need for me to worry about a thing because the Lord is my helper. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. The Lord is my helper. He is my helper. My, my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I have no worries. I have no anxieties because the Lord is my helper. Helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can the person who rejected you do to you but reject you? What can they do? What can they do to you? Because God will turn things around so quick that they'll end up needing you before you need them again. It's crazy. And God will do it. Because that's why you have to be careful with how you handle people and how you deal with people. Because God can turn that thing around so fast. You'll be like, oh my, I didn't see this coming. But again, he said in his word, he knows the plans he has for you. We don't know. That's the simple truth. There's a lot of things that we do not know. And we have to accept that. We don't know everything like we think we know everything. That's why we need God. Because he knows all things. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He knows all things. So yes, he saw when that person rejected you. He saw how that person treated you. He saw how that job let you go. He saw how that friend turned their back on you. He saw how those people didn't support you. He saw it all. He heard it all. He heard your cries. He held you when you felt like nobody else was there. He was there for you when everybody walked away. Because he would never leave nor forsake you. And so, what can man do to you if the Lord is your helper? You should have no fear because if God is for us, who can be against us? God loves us more in a moment than anyone ever could in a lifetime. And I don't know if that means anything to y'all, but to me, that's everything. My father loves me. The father loves you. He loves you. He adores you. And he does not want anyone to hurt you. And so a lot of times rejection, it, well, not sometimes, all the time, rejection is God's protection because he knows what that person is going to do. If you, if you stay, he knows what they're going to do down the line. Something that you can't see right now because you're blinded by whatever it is that they're telling you or whatever it is that you see with your um, natural eye. God operates in the spiritual realm, and there's some things that we just cannot see, we can't grasp, and he knows all things, like I I said, he's omniscient, Um, and so we have to just trust him, we have to trust in him with our whole heart and lean, not on our own understanding, I know it's difficult, I know it's hard, 
Sometimes I suck at it because I feel like I want to be in control sometimes and I want to know what's going on. But he knows the plans he has for me. There's some things I have ideas for, but he knows the plans he has for me. And those plans will not, they won't, um, his word will not return back to him void. So that means whatever word he said about me, whatever he spoke about me, whatever he said I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Whether it be in this life or the next life, I don't know. But it's going to happen because his word does not return back to him empty. It has to play out. It has to go forth. It has to. All I have to do is be obedient and trust and be faithful and do his will and not my will, but his will. And all things work out. You know, Romans eight thirty eight. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. His purpose, his plan, his glory, his name made great. So y'all, rejection hurts. Rejection sucks. And nobody likes it. But I want to encourage you. To say, you know what, God, thank you for the rejection. Thank God for the rejection. You don't have to go back and tell the person who rejected you, thank you, because nobody would want to do that. (laughs) And that would be very uncomfortable and very awkward. If you're bold enough, oh, wow, go ahead and do it. Go ahead. I wouldn't recommend it myself, but I would just tell God, thank you. Thank you for allowing the rejection to happen, God. So... Like I said, it's been great. It's been great. Life will be great once we realize that God has our best interest. He has the best interest for us. Like, he's not just a God who's just like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to really protect her today. Mm, I don't know if I want to have her back today. I don't know if I want to look out for her today. Or him, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to exclude anybody. No, he will do what his word says he will do. Because that's the kind of God we serve. He's not fallow. He doesn't change his mind. I love y'all. And I hope this helped you. Um, There will be a rejection part two. (laughs) Help me. No. (laughs) There will be a thank you for the rejection episode well part two not episode two because this is episode two but there will be a part two to this um and before i go i just want to pray for you really fast um god thank you for who you are thank you for always being the same god that you were yesterday the same god that you are today and the same god you'll be forever god you are the epitome of goodness and you're worthy of all our thankfulness god i pray every listener who's feeling rejected would be restored in this hope If you're for us, who can be against us? I pray that they will be overwhelmed by your love today and every day. I pray they will become thankful that you can see beyond what we can see. Thank you for being a healer who we can run to and be made whole again. God, I pray that you would fill every listener to overflow with joy and gladness. May they trust in you again. God, we love you more than anything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all. It's a wrap. And like I always say, I love you and God loves you more. Bye-bye. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Oh, my goodness. It's been so long since I did a podcast. And I miss this. Wow. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. Oh, my goodness. Ah, life has been pretty wild. Not gonna lie, it's been pretty crazy. But God is good, and I need you to know that. I need you to know it. I need you to be sure of it. God is good. He's always been good. He'll always be good. Um. So with that being said, we're gonna jump right in. I'm gonna go ahead and welcome you to the this podcast. Welcome to Jesus Talk with Jay. Yes. sorry if that was loud in your ears if you're listening with headphones i apologize i don't know why i did that but i just want to say thank you for joining me if you've been here from the jump 
I really appreciate you. Thank you for your support. Um, I don't take it lightly that you're still rocking with me. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome. You are so welcome. Get comfortable, you know, get snuggly, whatever you got to do to listen to the word that God has given me to give to you. So let's talk through life, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's title is What's Your Language? What is your language? Um, The original intention of this episode is so totally different from what I'm talking about today. Um, God is funny. He has a great sense of humor. I love it because, you know, I feel like I have a great sense of humor. So we kind of, you know, we we kind of see eye to eye there. <laughs> Just kidding. His thoughts are higher than mine. Would never compare. Um, <laughs> but God is good. Uh, I was studying and preparing last night. And, you know, I went to sleep, you know, woke up. And God said, just kidding. Well, he didn't say just kidding. You know, I finally got the revelation that, hey, you don't need to talk about this now because I need you to talk about this. And so I had to prepare and, you know, study today. That's what I've been doing pretty much all day in the war room, you know, listening to God and what he wanted me to say. Um, So that brought me to this. What's your language? So let's get it cracking. Also, I hope y'all are doing all right. Oh my goodness, why didn't I say that from the beginning? I hope y'all are doing okay. Um, I hope everything is going well for you guys. Uh, you know, God is good. He's still good. He's still good. He's still good and he's still God. That's important to know also. That's a whole word by itself, but we're going to move forward. So what is your language? You know, times right now are woo, really, you know, confusing. They're uncertain. It's a little, you know, dysfunctional. Uh, there's a lot of doubt, fear, worry, uh, you know, just a lot. It's a lot. And a lot of things causes us to say a lot of things. And what I mean by that is our language in this time is important. What we say during these hours are important. Our words that we speak are important because the way we speak and the words we say ultimately shape our reality. You see, God created the heavens and earth by simply speaking. Number one, that's powerful all in itself because who else do you know That can create something just by speaking it. No one. I'll save yourself some time. No one. There's no one who can. God is amazing. He said in the beginning, he said, let there be light and there was light. And I want you to know that it wasn't just any kind kind of light. It was good light. And I don't believe he added the word good in there for no reason. Because God is intentional intentional about every single word. It doesn't matter how small nor how big it is. He's intentional. We serve an intentional God who is full of purpose for every single little thing that he does. And what's little, it may seem little, but it's big and it's important in the spiritual realm. Um, his language is always intentional. I just want to stay right here with the with the light. Um in the Bible, it says that he saw that it was good light. He saw that it was good. Um, the word good there is is important because his language allows us to be certain and sure of him. Because I want you to just imagine if it would have said he saw the light, he saw that the light was just okay. We would be full of uncertainty and just doubt and just wonder, especially in today's times where people are always curious and wanting to be in the know of every single little thing. And so the word good there is important. And we also, we we copy what God has said. Because have you ever taken a picture during golden hour? And you know, your skin's popping. You know, your skin's looking clear. You look good. Eyes look good. All that. You're like, wow, like that's some good lighting. Or you walk outside like, 
pull out the camera this is some good lighting out here wow god you showed out just then you did that for real thank you dad <laughs> um i know i do it sometimes maybe that's why i can relate so much but i just wanted to say we say it because he has already said it we know that it's good light already even in darkness light is still good ah that's a whole word oh boy that's a whole word right there but i'm gonna move forward i'm gonna move forward even in darkness good light is still good Woo. all right so just just imagine, like if he would have said it's just okay if he would have said the light is just okay we would just be like oh wow i wonder why it was just okay am i just okay to him man he created me too so what does he think of me yikes but no anytime he created something it was good and it was so because his language is intentional i want to take you to second chronicles 7 verse 13 through 14 this is a very popular verse right now i'm talking about this verse is everywhere which is amazing because that just means the gospel is being spread and that's what we as believers love to see and hear. So I'm going to dive right in. It says, when I shut up the heavens so there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The language in both of these verses are so, so, so super duper important. And I'm going to, I'm not going to break down every single word, but I am going to break down the words that I think are most important in this verse when it comes to doing what we have to do in order for God to do what he said he's going to do. The word when, the word when assures us that it will be done. It doesn't say if I shut up the heavens so there's no rain. It says when I shut up the heavens. So we should always know that when we see the word when, that means God is going to do it, whether we believe it or not. And if you believe in God, then you have to believe in the word because he is the living word. <laughs> um, uh, the next word, if. If tells us it's conditional and reliant upon certain circumstances so cer certain circumstances have to be met in order for something else to be done um so think of an allowance so if you clean your room then you get the cash you can't get the money without cleaning first so it's contingent upon what you do so he says if my people humble themselves pray and seek my face turn from their wicked ways all these things you know he he won't do what he's going to do his he won't do his thing until we do our thing if that makes sense it should make sense i'm trying to be trying to make it simple trying to make it simple um another word here in that same phrase is my you know he was he's not talking about just any people he's talking about his people he declares that we are his and so he says if my people who are called by my name so I don't know about you, but he called my name and I ran out of that grave. <laughs> so, you know, it says, he says, if my people, my people, we are his people. And so we got to get up. It's time to get up, y'all. It's time to get up. So the next word, and, and tells us we have to include all of the steps. There's no or. He didn't say, he didn't say, um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves or pray or seek my face or turn from their wicked ways. No, he said, and, which means we have to do every single one of those in order to get what he said he's going to do for us. So just think if you bake a cake and you don't follow the proper order of direction or the proper, if you don't include all the ingredients that you need, you won't have a cake. You'll have an ache. If you didn't catch it, you'll catch it later. <laughs> uh, the next word, then. So then here, because you follow the steps, God says, now I'll do my part. 
And so it's it's really it's up to us to do what we need to do in order for God to do what he said he will do. So if we do it, then he'll do it. I mean, it's simple. It's simple math. You know, one plus one equals two. You can't try to get two out of one plus zero because God is the one. And if we're not doing nothing, zero we're not going to end up with two and then we're just going to be sad and looking at God like he crazy when it was really up to us. (laughs) So there's no mistake with each of the words that were used. God is intentional about every single thing, everything, you know, in Romans, he says, all things work together for the good of, for the good of those who love him. All things. That's, literally everything like there's not a thing that you can name that he wasn't talking about like all things work together pretty crazy but it's true i promise you um so he's intentional about everything in his language and our our language has to be the same way you know earlier i said the words we speak ultimately shape our reality in proverbs eighteen twenty one, we can see that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit So in this pandemic, or whatever you want to call it, what are we speaking out of our mouths as believers? In times like this, it is detrimental and so important what we say and what we speak out of our mouths. It's so important. So important. I can't stress that enough. Um, The things that we declare and the things that we say are vital to our life. If we want to live, we have to speak life. Plain and simple. You know, God has given us dominion and authority in the name of Jesus. And so, at every name of Jesus, everything must bow. And so, if he's given us dominion and authority in the name of Jesus, if we speak Jesus' name, then everything has to bow at his name. Including us. Including Corona and her bald-headed granny. So we have to speak to that thing and say, you must bow at the name of Jesus. And it has to, because that's what God's word says. Every knee must bow, every tongue confess. And it's, God made it simple. At the name of Jesus, everything. No one has more authority or power than Jesus. And Jesus is our Lord. So we have to trust him and declare his name above all these situations. Because his name is above every name. So every other name has to come under subjection to the King of Kings. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is Yahweh. He is Yeshua. He is El Elyon. He is Elohim. Come on. He is Jehovah. Come on. Everything has to... Everything has to bow at his name. Sickness does not have more power than his name. It doesn't. It just does not. Simply put, it does not. He has all power and authority in his hands. Who is Corona? Girl, get your... So are we declaring victory over this virus or settling with a defeated mindset? First of all, do y'all know that we are already victorious? And that's just period. We are already victorious. The Lord, God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. He gave, he, it's already been given. That has already been won. When Jesus bowed his head and gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. That included everything. When he rose with the, with all power in his hands. Like, that includes everything. Like, we are literally victorious through Jesus Christ as believers. We have the ultimate victory. And that's not... We have to receive that, pretty much, because it's already there. It's already waiting on us to just walk in it. So, live in victory. Walk in victory. Know that you're victorious. And just believe it. Receive it and believe it. You know? We can't walk around with our heads hanging low just because of how things look we should be walking by faith and not by sight anyway so don't look at things from a natural standpoint see things in the spiritual don't say why god why are we doing this and 
how come this has to happen to me? Da 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 da. We have to say, you know what, God, I don't fully understand this, but I do trust you. And also, how can I use this to further your kingdom? How can I use this for your glory? You know what I mean? We have to see the silver lining on the spiritual side. We have to speak that positive thing like we are victorious and we got to know it. We got to receive it and we got to walk in it. Hey, believer, you are victorious. That is all. (laughs) So the words we speak matter because our spirit our spirit doesn't know a joke. <laughs> I know I like to laugh and joke a lot. Honestly, I was this early this morning I looked at a meme and I was cracking up laughing so hard like I had tears in my eyes. And the meme it wasn't all that funny, but I don't know, I just could not stop laughing. But there are certain situations, certain things that we just cannot joke about right now. And Our language is one of those things, and what we're speaking and declaring matters. So in this time, we can't be walking around moping and saying, man, oh, God, I thought da-da-da-da, or God, why don't you, oh, why is God da-da-da-da? No, 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 no. Our language should always be God is good and his mercy endures forever. If we can declare that from a a hard place, Man, you are set for life. God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. You know, this week I was, well, this past week I was in the hospital literally every day. Um, I cried some days. I was frustrated most of the days. <laughs> Laying in the MRI with that loud banging and clanging. But even in the MRI, I was still able to say, you know what, God? This sucks and is not what I pictured doing during my spring break but you are still good and your mercy endures forever even with tears in my eyes god you are still good and your mercy endures forever even hearing the doctor's report god you are still good and your mercy endures forever with this coronavirus you know uh fatalities rising and more people finding out that they have it god you are still good and your mercy endures forever. If we can just continue to declare that we can walk in this supernatural peace that only he can give. Because if we know and we trust that God is good, nobody can tell you anything else. God is good and his mercy endures forever, period. And that's just that. We can't speak fear when that's not a spirit he has given us. We speak faith because that's what's pleasing to him. Our ultimate goal in life is to please God, is to get to heaven for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm well pleased with you. You know, that, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I would assume that that, as a believer, that's your ultimate goal is to hear those words, you know, um, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased I want God to be pleased with my life. I want him to get the glory out of my life. And so speak faith because without faith, you can't please God. We speak hope because that's who he is. If you don't know what to speak or how to speak it, just ask God and he'll tell you. I promise you he will. And if he doesn't respond with words, read your Bible. The Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, ask God and he'll give it freely. You know, the Bible is full of knowledge and wisdom all we have to do is open it up it's not going to read itself and it's not going to put itself in your heart you know we have to open it up we got to read it and be in tune with what he's saying and what he has said and what he has decreed so we can declare those things in the land which brings me to my next point heaven on earth In Matthew 6 and 10, Jesus told his disciples, he taught them how to pray. They said, hey, we're confused. How do we, how do we go about praying the way you do? (laughs) And so I just, I skipped down to uh, verse 10 where he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's one of the most important parts of that prayer. Um, because we know that heaven is disease-free, heaven is worry-free, heaven is stress-free, heaven is doubt-free, 
Heaven is war free. Heaven is fear free. And anything else you can name that's broken down here, it is free of it in heaven. <laughs> Rest assured, there's healing in heaven. There's peace in heaven. There's wholeness in heaven and brokenness on earth. So it's up to us as believers to pray and be his hands and feet until earth is a complete and total reflection of what heaven looks like and what heaven is. We always say your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. But are we declaring it? Are we speaking it? Is that in our language? The world is in chaos, but Jesus has given us peace. So let's declare peace in the land. Bodies are sick, but Je but by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. So declare healing in the land. The world is upset, and some people are even angry. But Jesus gives us joy unspeakable. And what he gives the world cannot take away. So declare joy in the land. So again, I want to ask, what is your language? Are you speaking and declaring truth or only stating facts? And I want you to know that there is a difference. There are facts that people are passing away from this disease. There are facts that numbers are still rising. There are facts that, you know, the CDC is implementing more, you know, ways to go about um, you know, separating yourself, social, uh, distancing and all this good stuff. But are you declaring truth more than you are stating facts? Because the truth says that, um, we just read it in second Chronicles that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So are we declaring that God healed this land? Are we turning from our wicked ways? Are we humbling ourselves? Are we seeking his face? Are we declaring truth that God is peace? God is joy. God is love. Are we giving love? Are we sharing love? Y'all, it's important. These times are important. And people need believers to rise up. People are hungry for answers that they cannot find anywhere and it's most important for us to stand up in these times and say hey here's here's what the bible says and this is true and this is a rock that you can always stand on because his word will never ever 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 die never and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and so speak Declare truth more than you are stating facts. I know that stating facts are important because we need them in order to, you know, remain healthy and stay in our house and stay in quarantine and all these good things. But also, however, we should also speak God's truth. His truth. If we don't have his truth, then what else are we standing on? Because we can't be standing on God's lies. That's... A ground that you don't ever want to walk on or stand on. Because it's follow and you will fall through it. <laughs> and so, I just want to pray for us really fast. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, may we begin to declare your word boldly and be unashamed of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. This is the prime time for us to go out and tell the good news of you. Um, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of eternal life. You give, you've given us the free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus. God, this is a time for us to rise and be who you've called us to be. So God, I pray you'll stir up the gifts of each person under the sound of my voice. May the missionaries come forth. May the ministers come forth. May the pastors come forth. May the evangelists come forth. May the prophets come forth. May the apostles come forth. May the teachers come forth. And may we all band together as one body with the same goal, which is to populate heaven. God, I pray you'll give us all the wisdom and knowledge we need to further your kingdom. I pray every believer will dress themselves properly for battle with the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and their feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. God, you said in your word that we will do greater works. So I decree and declare that greater works are about to be done in the name of Jesus. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Yes. God is good, y'all. He's good all the time and all the time. God is good. But y'all already knew that because you grew up on it. You grew up knowing that. (laughs) No, but seriously, God is good, y'all. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God is good. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. God is sure enough good. He's good. And he'll always be good. Because he's been good since the beginning. Before the beginning even began, God was good. So rest assured, y'all, don't fret, don't worry. Be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication. (laughs) Shabbat. (laughs) No, but seriously, um, you know, stay prayed up, you know. Keep eating the word. Eat the scroll. Eat the scroll. That's the best food you could ever eat on. And Jesus will eat with you. You know, he says that he comes and knocks. And when he enters in, he eats with you. Because you're his friend. You're Jesus' friend. Be his best friend. Get in there. Get in that closet. Get on your knees. Bow down. Cry. Pray. Plead the blood. That's huge as well. Plead the blood of your house over everything. Your children. Your family. Everybody. Anybody you know. Anybody you don't know. Pray for God's mercy to be shown on them. Man, I love y'all. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to episode three of Jesus Talk with Jay. Um, I pray that it blessed you. Um, Yeah, so I'm not sure when I'll put out the next episode, but I will keep you guys updated. I love y'all. Stay safe. Keep your hands clean. You know, wash wash your hands. Wash your phones, you know, take a break from social media for a while also, because that can be draining for sure. But I love y'all. Stay prayed up. Stay holy. In Jesus name. All right. Talk to you soon.